Hi. Hi. We are Colin and Jenny. And before we started this episode, we wanted to address the passing of Rob Garrison, who is featured very heavily in this episode. Not only in this episode, but also in the original Karate Kid and in a key scene in part two. He is Tommy, who ad-libbed the line, get him a body bag in the original Karate Kid. But much more than that, he was the spunky, weird friend who always seemed to be the pilot fish to Johnny's alpha. That's right. And in this episode, you're going to see him bring many new layers to his character. And also, sadly, he died on September 27th, um, gosh, about a month ago now. Mm. And uh, we actually finished an episode right then, that month. Um, But we didn't address this then because we wanted to talk about him on the episode that features him. That's right. And the purpose of our show is to have fun, and we're still going to have fun with it. Uh, But it's going to be respectful fun, and we just wanted to come out first and pay our respects before we get on with the uh, show in general. All the comments the people made online in in tribute to him just attest to the fact that this show is very much like a family. All the original Cobras, or the Elder Cobras as Colin calls them, maintained a relationship years into the future after shooting the Karate Kid. That's true. And it's very special to watch that and to see that our hearts go out to all of his family, as well as his onset family in the Karate Kid, as well as other pictures and TV shows that he's done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's left us with a fantastic body of work, and we raise a toast to him. And seeing the online outpouring of support for him is really special. And yeah, we just wanted to throw in our two cents as well. He was a gentleman and a scholar, and the Miyagi-verse will miss him very much. That's right. Now, on with the show. On with the show. Hello, and welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me? Your source for news, recaps, and items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. Yes. I'm Colin Kennedy. I am Jenny Carlson, and the USS Are You Karate Kidding Me continues to fly all around the Miyagi-verse. That's right. We have set sail. Hashtag Cruel Summer is now sadly behind us, but, uh, you know... Hashtag Hard Fall is upon us, or nearly so. Ooh. Ooh. Hashtag Hard Fall. I like that. Yeah, that's uh. about to become super relevant, but not quite yet. <laughs> However... Speaking of news items, yeah, we should say, number one, you might know why I made that comment if you have been keeping up with the YouTube releases of Cobra Kai Seasons 1 and now 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Season 2 finale recently dropped. So if you haven't seen that yet, why are you listening to us? You have no excuse. Quick, get over to YouTube and watch those. And by dropped, I mean they're available to anyone, including those of you folks who have not yet invested in YouTube Premium. The second news item that we have is Cobra Kai is on DVD as part of like a season one and two set in yeah. North America. Yeah. Other regions have Blu-rays. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. It's confusing. I know. Um, I need an, we have got to get an all region player again. I'll work on that. Suffice it to say, what are you waiting for there? Please avail yourself. That's right. Because there are like some additional like deleted scenes and stuff that I've been seeing uh, that are part of that. Uh, set. Also, as long as you're on YouTube watching Cobra Kai, uh, stroll on over to our channel at youtube.com. Are you karate kidding me? The podcast channel you can also listen to every episode of this show, plus some special bonus material 
that's already up there and will be coming in the weeks to come. Additionally, season three of Cobra Kai is still in production. Um, they are shooting episodes. I think they're almost done. They're, last I saw on Twitter, they were talking about working on episode six. It sounds like it's going to be a banger year from all the teasing reports that we've heard. And there's some cool content at various Instagram feeds. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to put speculative spoilers out there, but I'm pretty excited and have been messaging people with my impatience because I don't think I can wait till this spring to see season three of Cobra Kai. That's right. And if you want to follow our coverage of that stuff, you can always head over to Karate Kid Pod on Twitter, where you will see our latest updates and links to relevant sources. That's true. We are tweeting more than we have been. That's right. After Um, life got on the way in the early fall. So... I guess we should probably dive into this episode. This is episode six of Cobra Kai. Let's dive right in. This is season two, episode six. Take a right. Take a right. So we have some soft music playing. Yeah. Say the subtitles as dawn breaks over the valley in what appears to be a flashback as we see... A hand and arm nailing and painting the fence at what will become the Miyagi Dojo. We open on a flashback. Presumably, this is Mr. Miyagi that uh, we're seeing, although we're only seeing close-ups of his hands. He's fixing the fence. He's screwing in boards. He even takes a moment to place a bonsai tree. Bonsai tree. Now, there's a punching bag in this scene as well, this flashback scene. I don't remember. Was there a punching bag in the original Karate Kid? Because... I just remember that from Karate Kid Part 3, but no matter. Now we see from Mr. Miyagi's, from the back, a guy dressed as Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi body double. Yes. A Miyagi double. A Miyagi double, indeed. An alt Miyagi. Indeed. Mirror Miyagi. Where are we together? We'll make the Empire glorious again. But however, then we transition to see Daniel from behind, looking out at the same view, only now in the present day, the Miyagi Dojo is trashed. It's no longer, at least not for this moment, the golden hour at Miyagi Do. It's a very nice shot. We crossfade to the present day in the same spot. Daniel is understandably bummed out and begins cleaning up the debris from the Cobra attack of the last episode. Meanwhile, over at the Cobra Kai Dojo, Johnny is making all the students drop and do push-ups. He's having them do this until someone comes clean about trashing the Miyagi Dojo. Johnny is pissed off and says, Y'all know I'm no fan of LaRusso's, but that sort of bullshit we don't teach in here. And then eyes Crease and says, It's not anymore. Crease says, Somebody knows something. And as he says that, he looks Hawk straight in the eye, knowing that it was Hawk and some other assorted Cobras who pulled the big heist on Miyagi-Do in the last episode. Yeah, indeed. While fixing Hawk with what looks like a laconic but also threatening gaze, he says, Who's going to break? Then the phone rings, and so Johnny leaves Crease to supervise as he goes to answer his flip phone. Indeed, he seems to know the guy who's calling and answers kind of fondly as if he's talking to a buddy, but then looks concerned, asking, how bad is it? While Johnny is taking this phone call, uh, Miguel asks for a water break, and he gets it. Hawk then turns to Crease telling him that I think I should tell Sensei Lawrence that I did it. Uh, But Kreese just replies with a Say nothing. I'll handle it. 
real cool, Kreese. This is like that time that Anakin killed the Sand People, but only told Palpatine about it. Good, Anakin, good. Yes, it's Pal exactly like that. And then Palpatine held it over his head. Yes, much much like... I'm sorry, that's a Star Wars reference. We're really getting our references out of the way early in this episode. I do my best. Here comes Johnny Lawrence back from his phone call, and he tells Kreese he has to deal with something. Can you hold down the fort? And of course, Kreese says, yes. Kreese assures him that he will figure out who did this. Meanwhile, at Miyagi-Do, things are not going well. Sam, Robbie, and Dimitri are trying to lift a big rock uh, that has an inscription on it, and Robbie and Sam are sort of making veiled references to the awkwardness in their relationship after they almost made out last episode. Mm. Dimitri is frustrated, and they're all giving up easily. And at this point, Daniel comes over and says, it's a lot easier to knock something down than it is to lift something back up. Yeah, there's nothing that Daniel can't try to make a lesson out of. But then at that exact moment, a group of kids come in and lo, they are the defectors from Cobra Kai who followed Daniel out of the dojo after episode five. The Cobra Kai expatriates arrive looking to join up with Miyagi-Do, but the current Miyagi-Do students don't take it so hot. Yeah, Robbie wants to beat them up, but they apologize. And Dimitri, always ready with a Game of Thrones reference, says that letting them in here would be like letting the wildlings behind the wall. But Daniel knows that this is like the wildlings who helped Jon Snow win the Battle of the Bastards. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, Daniel and Dimitri doing what they do best, which is make Game of Thrones references. Of all the things I never would have known or expected from this show, it would be that Ralph Macchio would be lecturing me about Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the most affable way possible. Mm, again, there's nothing he won't try to make a lesson out of. So we cut to the Cobra Kai-mobile driving down a highway, taking a right, as Johnny takes a right turn into someplace near San Bernardino, walking into a hospice, and there he finds OG Cobra Bobby, played by Ron Thomas. Bobby. Hey. Long time, man. Yeah, you look good, man. With a nice inside joke about his character becoming a preacher, which is, of course, a reference to Ron Thomas's actual work as a motivational speaker and leader and also martial arts teacher. These are characters I'm going to affectionately refer to as the Elder Cobras. He's been here doing a lot of praying for Tommy, he says. Uh, we don't know yet that this is Tommy, but that's where they're headed into Tommy's room. And Bobby looks sober and rightly serious about the situation, letting us know that Tommy is in big trouble. Johnny walks in to find Tommy watching soccer. Well, first we get a lovely flashback to the original Karate Kid just to remind us who Tommy was. Yeah, Tommy, played by Rob Garrison. Tommy, who are you kidding? You're silly, ace degenerate. No, ex degenerate, man. 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a senior. I've got one year to make it all work. That's right, man. Ooh, hey, you must be a trendsetter, Johnny. Looks like everyone's doing something new. Take a right, check it out. Yes, Tommy played wonderfully by Rob Garrison. Johnny kind of ribs him saying, You're watching soccer? It's worse than I thought. Heaven forbid. <laughs> That's right. Real Americans don't watch soccer. Just the rest of the entire world. <laughs> and there's a serious moment where Johnny asks him, Does it hurt? And Tommy says, Meds do their job. And Tommy's like, You see, they already got me a priest. Ribbing Bobby, which is adorable. I'm a pastor, Tommy. Mm -hmm. But if you want to confess about that 50 bucks you still owe me, the big guy's listening. You can tell that Johnny really wants Tommy to fight this. It looks like it's cancer. He's got a cough. Tommy says that part is done. So Tommy has accepted his mortality. Mm -hmm. He says that... It's in here now. Which I guess refers to metastatic cancer. 
And Tommy says, Besides, you were always a better fighter. And Johnny is flashing back and saying, yeah, but remember in 83 when you beat Vidal to get to the finals? And, of course, that is a reference to Daryl Vidal, who was an original stunt guy in The Karate Kid and who designed the crane kit. He did, and he was also in The Karate Kid. He was the actual person on screen. Exactly. Yeah, lots of great Easter eggs flying here. And then Jimmy, who's played by Tony O'Dell, arrives at the fruit basket and seems married. Jenny and the kids send their love. So it's great to see him getting more lines, because we only saw him mostly on the sidelines yes. in the original Karate Kid. This is the first time that we've seen all these original, now elder Cobras together. That's right. Since they were in the No More Kings video, Sweep the Leg. Aha. Uh-huh. So like Johnny that that Billy Zabka actually directed. That was the price of him appearing. He was is, like, "Well, you have to let me direct it too." Is this where I play a clip from Sweet the Leg? Of course it is. But it's so weird to see these guys as adults. Tell Jen and the boys I said hi. But yet totally makes sense if you know that mm. they've all kept in touch in real life. Well, I mean, they're not only adults, they're sensible adults dressed dressed in polos and braided belts like your dad might wear. Exactly. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm sure they own many sets of loafers between them. But those factors will come into play a little bit later. Yeah, right now they're talking about whether they can check Tommy out for a road trip together. As Bobby says, give the guy a night to remember. And while they're having this discussion and the nurse is checking on Tommy, we hear an urgent beeping which suggests, of course, that he's flatlined. But no, that's not the case. He's just ripped off his medical monitors saying, Let's get the hell out of here. And we get a delightful smile from Rob Garrison. That's right. Tommy is looking to get a little bit rowdy and looks like we might get our wish. But first, we have to cut back over to Cobra Kai Dojo and figure out who wrecked Miyagi-Do. We're in the special ops room. Everyone is having to do a ropes exercise where they wave those big ropes and sort of do squats or something. And they're all beginning to turn on each other because no one has come forward to own up to trashing the Miyagi Dojo. But Kreese has a little life lesson of his own. He says that when one of you makes a move, you all make a move. You live and you die with the consequences and the spoils because you are all Cobra Kai. You're about to begin your real training. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so... We can mutually demoralize everyone and also kick their asses further to harden them with their frustrations. Also, Kreese correctly calls out Hawk as the one who actually did it. It could be Hawk. It could be someone else. This is all just a subtle mind game to keep Eli on his toes. And then he tells everyone to go into the main dojo so they can begin their real training. Enough of that for now. We've got to go across town to LaRusso Auto where... Amanda is having a phone call with Daniel over at Miyagi-Do. Amanda wants Daniel to come in and help with a sales meeting, but Daniel says that he's really busy right now, and then he overhears the kids fighting outside, or at least yelling at each other, and says he has to go, and Amanda looks unimpressed. That's right. Much to Amanda's chagrin, Daniel has to go tend to his Miyagi-Dos. Are you sure you can't make it? It's the second one in a row. Out in the yard or in the garden, we see Dimitri squaring off with Chris. Chris, one of our Cobra Kai expats from the last episode. I knew we hadn't heard the last of him. He's trying to start some stuff with Dimitri. This nerd called me an imbecile. 
And I told him he can't just drop a challenge and leave. Uh, of course, Dimitri counters with... This isn't a two-sides-to-every-story situation. He was the clear-cut aggressor. Once again, Daniel has never met a teaching opportunity that he didn't like. So he basically gives them a little pep talk and tells them that... I'm gonna give you both a mission. You see this stone? You're gonna pick it back up. Yeah, it's like the original parent trap when Miss Inch tells Haley Mills and Haley Mills that I gather that you two girls don't get along together. Hmm. Well, have you ever heard of let the punishment fit the crime? Let the punishment fit the crime. And together, by dwelling in the same cabin and collaborating, they will learn to get along with each other Clearly, Daniel has also seen the parent trap, and he's going to have them achieve this by lifting a big rock. Meanwhile, back with the elder cobras, we see them, well, they're not on bikes anymore. Now they're on motorcycles, and somehow they all have face covers that look like skulls. Because it's a reference to the skull costumes from the Halloween dance. Exactly. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Cobra Kais have graduated from BMX motocross bikes to to big boy midlife crisis Harleys. I would also like to note that this is a sweet reference, not only because we saw it in the original movie, but also because these guys had a lot of fun training on those bikes behind the scenes. So they got to do it together as actors, as well as characters in the show, and it fits perfectly. Also amazing is that the theme music uh, is playing from when they used to ride their bikes in the original Karate Kid. Oh yeah, the... Dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun, in high school, which are gonna drop in. Radio plays on... I don't know, your version's pretty good. No, 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 no. They are buzzing up to a place that the sign says is Big Bear Lake. And what's at Big Bear Lake? (laughs) Why, it's a Northern California motorcycle bar. Exactly. They are sitting around a table drinking beer and reminiscing about the time that Tommy got everybody a fake ID and Tommy drank all of this terrible beer because back then he didn't know what beer was supposed to taste like. Mm. This is really amazing. And they're also talking about Dutch and his criminal activities. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Dutch is the only one of the elder Cobras who is not part of this little reunion. And I guess this is a great opportunity to explain what happened to Dutch since the OG Karate Kid. Another thing that they're explaining is that during one of their antic evenings together, Johnny got drunk and missed Allie's birthday, and that's why she broke up with him immediately before the original Karate Kid. Yeah, we're getting a lot of good fill-in on Johnny's backstory, the other Cobras, yeah. The fact that Dutch is at Lompoc and can't join them. But they all toast to him anyway, because, you know, they're all still rowdy troublemakers at heart. To Dutch. And the judge said five to ten. She really meant ten to (laughs) twenty. It's delightful to see all of these characters as adults, Really checking in with each other how they're doing with all of the pretense of being men mm-hmm. dropped away and just being people. And Johnny fills them in that he's opened up a dojo in Reseda and it's doing well. Yeah, it's time for the conversation to come to a screeching halt because Johnny r- mentions that the dojo he's opened is a Cobra Kai franchise. Yeah, well, no, it's a, he says... Actually, I uh, opened a karate dojo. It's called Cobra Kai. He doesn't even know there was a franchising model yet. Well, that's the problem. As we'll learn later in the episode, Johnny's part of a franchise opportunity he didn't realize he was in. That's right. (laughs) And he said, that's not all he's back. And everyone looks sort of ominous. And then we cut to Crease. Tori is wailing on this kid, Mitch, right? 
Yeah, Mitch and Chris were friends before Chris defected, and Mitch stayed behind to stay Cobra. Tori has defeated Mitch, and Kreese is telling her to finish him, because even though she's defeated him, he says, The fight isn't over until your enemy is finished. You show your enemy no mercy. And we can see that even though Miguel is sort of blurred in the background of that, he doesn't look happy. And then he says, wait, this isn't what Sensei Lawrence has been teaching us. And Kreese can't believe that Miguel is speaking up and saying there's no honor in being merciless. Kreese says that in the real world, it's not about scoring points. It's about being a winner or a loser. And there are no losers in this dojo. It's really interesting to see Kreese work because he's very slow, relaxed. He's not yelling. He's not, you know, doing anything but being conversational and sounding reasonable. Do you have a problem with that? He's very old school in that he's very much the quiet man. Well, but he fixes you with a gaze that is anything but safe, right? That's the way he works. Meanwhile, back at the Miyagi Dojo, Daniel is sitting in a room with the Cobra guys who defected. And he asks what the purpose of karate is, and Nate, the youngest, the youngest says, "Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir." Which, of course, Daniel realizes he has to deprogram. Daniel is desperately trying to deprogram these cobras. What is the ultimate lesson we learn from karate? And it's not going well. It is hilarious to see Nate saying not only that, but also, "Don't be a pussy," as if that (laughs) could explain what the purpose of karate is. Yes. Meanwhile, out in the garden, Robbie is saying to Sam that he cannot believe Daniel let them in here. While Sam understands Daniel's motives, Robbie is pessimistic and says you can't change the way you feel, which makes Sam look hesitant, i.e., is there a double meaning there that Robbie feels a certain way about Sam? Meanwhile, over at The Rock, we see Chris Dimitri and Dimitri. and Chris are still trying to figure this rock out. Uh, yeah. And finally, it occurs to super genius Dimitri that they should try using a lever. Ever heard of a fulcrum? Dimitri begins fulcrum explaining to Chris that he's going to use a board to lift this rock. But of course, the board he chooses is too weak and splits when he tries to move the rock. And so Dimitri's kind of provoking Chris. I mean, in fairness, Chris just sort of taps Dimitri and says, Fulcrum, my life full of crap. Which... It's, it's I mean, of, pretty good. Pretty good line. He meant it sort of warmly, but of course it tur- it winds up, Dimitri gets agitated and then Chris pushes him. Yeah. Then Robbie says, Once a Cobra Kai, always a Cobra Kai. Well, that's not true. Daniel stands up and says, everyone has run out to listen to the situation. Because, moment of truth, I used to be a Cobra Kai. And everyone stops dead and gasps. I know. Even the closed captioning track All my is, fanfic dreams are coming true. Meanwhile, back at the bar, the OG Elder Cobras are talking, and everyone is shocked that Johnny has let Kreese back into the dojo, and he says, People can change, just like Cobra Kai can change. He says, no, I'm serious. He's trying to change Cobra Kai. The guys do not look impressed. John Kreese is bad news. Even when Johnny says Kreese is on board. And we see the camera switch to Tommy, and he says, Do you trust him, Johnny? The fact that Tommy, who seems to be the most real of all of them, says that gives you pause. It's very strange to see all these guys call Johnny on his bullshit and know what time it is, and Johnny is in total denial. Presumably they all know that Kreese faked his death at some point. Yeah. Um, And yeah, like, the Elder Cobras are doing a really good job of serving as the audience surrogate here, They're well outside Johnny's situation, and from the outside looking in, the situation does not look good. If Cobra Kai is back and Kreese is back in charge, 
Johnny can do all the back channel apologizing that he likes, but it's not a good look. No, I mean, the thing is that the Cobras witnessed something that they will never forget, which is their sensei trying to kill basically the leader of their pack. You got it the worst, man. Don't you remember? Yeah, and then Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, and they haven't forgotten it. Well, did they see him try to kill Mr. Miyagi? Yeah, it all happened in the parking lot. Mr. Miyagi basically dropped crease. Man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Yeah, but Kreese still tried, and he uh, got his knuckles pretty bloody for his trouble, too. Well, but the point is that these guys know that the other Cobras have a sense of boundaries, mm -hmm. right? They know that because people can change, that doesn't mean that the onus is on the person who was threatened by someone to try and change them back. There's a certain limit to the desire for redemption. But they can tell that they're getting nowhere with Johnny, even after they talk about that Kreese always has something up his sleeve. And so Tommy, again, the one with the most perspective, says he wants to go play some pool and ask the guys if they want to play pool with him. And of course, Johnny's ready to do that. So they get up and head towards the pool tables. And as they're walking over, we can tell that Jimmy and Bobby are disturbed about Kreese. They're definitely looking pensive. Meanwhile, by the pool tables, some dude is harassing a lady. Oh, where are you going, honey? Don't, don't touch me, asshole. And Johnny and Tommy walk up and he begins mouthing off to them. Something I can help you with, boss? Yeah, we got next. They go over and this punk steps to Tommy and Johnny <laughs> and calls that Tommy the, the ugliest make-a-wish kid I've ever seen. And then... Yeah, I mean, Rob Garrison is so great here because he looks genuinely hurt and then within like a millisecond, Right, he and Johnny have turned and are kicking ass. <laughs> There's a certain school of thought says the only people who know how to handle a bully is another bully. And this scene is definitely trying to make a case for that. It's something else because they're just knocking the crap out of this dude and all his gross friends. And we can see Ron Thomas get an amazing fly kick. Tommy pushes somebody around. Jimmy realizes he's still got his punching hands. Johnny's got some kicks on him. They're just dropping guys right and left. And it's total wish fulfillment for all of us longtime Cobra Kai fans. But we've all been spoiling for this to happen for a long time. And so yeah. they give it to us in a very satisfying way. And, of course, we can't miss the opportunity to, to break someone's head over a Coors beer can. Yeah. Great product placement. The Elder Cobras have still clearly, they've been keeping up with their training over the years. Even Jimmy, who acts like he hasn't, he's pretty built for a dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good kicking for a Docker's bod. These dads know how to kick back. <laughs> wow. These dads kick back. <laughs> Meanwhile, all of the Miyagi-Do students, including the defected Cobras, are sitting in a room at the Miyagi Dojo listening to Daniel talk about how he had joined Cobra Kai. Daniel does his own recap of Karate Kid 3 from his own perspective. Exactly. He does not explain much. He says that Mr. Miyagi didn't want him to fight in the tournament, and so seeing no other option, he joined Cobra Kai. Now, what he doesn't talk about is the fact that there were these extras from the Goonies trashing out Mr. Miyagi's little trees. Or an evil billionaire bankrolling the entire operation. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like an AA meeting where Daniel is confessing his darkest secrets. And Sam comments that he's never told her any of this. And he's like, it's not his proudest moment. But he's like, anyone can be seduced by Cobra Kai. 
even me. And he also says, and I'll admit, Cobra Kai makes you feel stronger, tougher, but it will also get you in trouble. I'm just lucky Mr. Miyagi was willing to take me back. But it doesn't matter who they were then. All that matters is that right now, we are all Miyagi-Do. This is a very excellent tactical use of, you know, what would have been a otherwise minor point in Karate Kid canon, which is that Daniel, however briefly, was in Cobra Kai. Cut to the special ops room of Cobra Kai, where Miguel is kicking a <coughs> punching bag. <coughs> And Tori comes over, throws him some pads, and they kiss. And she tells him she's going to show him how it's done. And she begins practicing kicking while he holds the pads. And they start talking about today's lesson. Miguel tries to say that today's lesson was crazy, huh? But Tori doesn't seem to think there was anything wrong with it. Not that crazy. Tori has her own hard luck story. She gets to monologue a little bit about her upbringing and about an incident when- My mom worked at this restaurant when I was little. And got fired for bringing food home. It's a real hard luck tale as only Tori can tell it. And it's kind of meant to justify her own worldview as someone who needs to take advantage wherever she can. And, and this is why she's in Cobra Kai. She says, the world shows no mercy, so why should we? And then adds, we have to fight for every inch of what's ours. And Miguel looks at her kind of intensely as she says this isn't just about points and nods, says, yeah. This would all be a little less weird if we didn't know that Miguel also has had to fight for what he has, but his mode of fighting is not violent or destructive. Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes the wind out of Tori's backstory a little bit is the fact that all the Cobras have that hard luck stuff to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it takes the wind out of Tori's sails to us. As, from an outside from observer, From an outside yeah. perspective, but for Tori, it's very real. That is the way that Kreese exploits people in Cobra Kai, and we haven't yet seen what side Miguel's going to come down on in response to Tori. Fair. Meanwhile, over at the Miyagi Dojo, Dimitri and Chris are figuring out how to use a lever together by using a, a stick of bamboo to lift the rock, because that plant is ubiquitous, and indestructible, and as our own backyard attests, it is also invasive, so don't plant bamboo just to recreate this scene. <laughs> That's right. They celebrate, uh, but cannot appropriately high-five fist bump. No, indeed. You know, whatever. This is progress. We'll give them this moment. Daniel stands by the sidelines, grinning happily, because, again, in addition to taking a lesson wherever he can get it, no one seems to enjoy Daniel's lesson more than Daniel himself. Indeed, that's what we're really all here for, right? Daniel's enjoyment. See that? We all work together as a team. Anything's possible. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Cobras are camped out on the shores of Big Bear Lake. The guys, most of the guys are off to one side, but Tommy and Johnny are sitting together on a log, reminiscing. And Johnny tells Tommy that he should stop by sometime. And Tommy's like, yeah, right, just like the good old days. I mean, it's a lovely scene. We've got a nice dimly lit forest uh, with a nice orangey glowing campfire. It's a nice quiet moment between Johnny and Tommy here. They're kicking back, drinking banquets. And, uh, you know, it's a really nice contemplative scene. And in this moment of intimacy and friendship, Tommy finally confides that he was also in love with Allie. Mmm, more delicious context. They were in the same home and used to talk all the time, and he says... I was building up the courage to ask her out when someone else struck first. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. First this, 
sure. This, Tommy tells us, is why he joined Cobra Kai, because he wanted to be as brave as Johnny. And he wants that confidence that Johnny had. Exactly. And Johnny is contemplative, looking at the fire, and then he confesses. I don't think I ever really got over her. I mean, I dated plenty of babes after, but I never really let my guard down with any of them, you know? Like he did with her. Tommy says the most important thing right here. He kind of caps off the conversation, saying that Johnny has one thing that's more important than anything, and that is time. That's right. This is beautiful and it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Johnny beginning to accept that Tommy is really sick and this is all really happening. But he yeah. says, time for what? Because he doesn't know what he wants. And Tommy says, Need someone new? Change your life? As Johnny stares in the fire, Do what you want to do. Johnny takes the moment to explain that right now all he wants to do is make sure my students don't make the same mistakes that we did. That way they won't look back at their life full of regret. And then Tommy just says, you'll do it, Johnny. You're the champ. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. God, it's so well done. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just sit together by the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Johnny puts his hand on Tommy's shoulder and Tommy slaps Johnny's knee. And then we cut back to Miyagi-Do, and it is also the next morning there, and it's beautiful. The yard is cleaned up, every bonsai tree back in its place. Bonsai tree. Bonsai. And Daniel and now his full student roster are doing their kata. Now over at the Cobra Kai Dojo, the kids are stretching, getting ready to go. We see Miguel walking into the special ops room where Kreese is lifting some dumbbells. Chris, without turning around, says, what can I do for you, Mr. Diaz? I don't know if there was a mirror there or if he just has eyes in the back of his head. But Miguel says he wants to apologize for yesterday. It was disrespectful of him to challenge his lesson. Chris puts the weights down, turns around, and tells him... What he tells him is telling. Chris, once again, kind of doing a lot of back-channel sensing here. He's doing everything he can to start to kind of build his own relationship with all the students of Cobra Kai. And the thing that he tells Miguel specifically is that... Sensei Lawrence is a little mixed up. Yeah. And together, we'll make sure he gets back on track, won't we? And Miguel smiles, a Miguelish smile, and says, yeah, and seems to be in agreement, while Kreese looks on in a rather sinister vein. And now, as the strains of Queen's show must go on begin to rise, we see Johnny waking up beside the campfire as he hears people exhorting Tommy to wake up. Um, and Jimmy and Bobby are trying to revise, revive Tommy to no avail. Looks like Tommy has passed in the night. That's right. This is uh, part of a montage. We cross-cut from the forest back to Cobra Kai, where Kreese is drilling the students and telling them that when you're in Cobra Kai, you're in Cobra Kai forever. Meanwhile, the Elder Cobra is crying out to Tommy to wake up, and Johnny is absolutely devastated. It's really incredible to see all of this happening in a montage as Kreese is building up the Cobras, Daniel is leading the Miyagi Dojo students in their kata, Everyone, all the pieces, the board is set and the pieces are moving. And meanwhile, the human stakes of the situation are becoming clear to Johnny and the Elder Cobras. Mm-hmm. The paramedics arrive, and as all the Cobras look on distraught, try to revive him to no avail, meanwhile, everyone is still working out of the dojos. We hear Kreese's voice overlaid saying, All Cobra Kai for life. 
because Cobra Kai. But in the moment that he says that, we see never dies. Tommy being zipped up in a body bag and taken away. And that's the final shot of this episode. That was very heavy. It's a testament to the extreme talent and fraternity between these actors as they conveyed the human stakes of that situation that I didn't even realize the visual pun of Tommy being put in a body bag until well after that episode was over. Under normal circumstance, I mean, it's pretty brutal under these circumstances. It is the kind of visual pun I do appreciate in other shows. Certainly here it takes on additional weight given everything that has gone on, but uh, I still think it works. And I think we should kind of get into the things that we like about this episode. I agree. Well, the thing I like about this episode is that, man, it really swings for the fences. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's like when this show came to us originally, I think there were a lot of implied promises. One, we would get caught up on all our favorite Karate Kid characters. Two, there would be a lot of humor. There would be a lot of grabs for nostalgia. Uh, There would be some good fights. But there was no promise of drama and of like none of the heavy-duty storytelling we see other premium shows try to accomplish, right? The show sometimes oscillates between comedy and drama, and I think this is about its hardest swing towards drama that we've seen yet. And it's a big gamble, but I think it pays off. Rob does a great job with his performance. Uh, All the Elder Cobras do. All the Elder Cobras are 110% there. Like you said earlier, it's wish fulfillment. We get a fun scene with the Elder Cobras in a bar fight. Uh, You know, I think anybody who grew up with those characters and identifies with those characters got a real kick out of that. But it's not the wish fulfillment you realize you deserve. Right. Or the wish fulfillment you, you thought you needed. The bar fight was cool, but I rooted for them 10 times harder because of the gravitas and all of the life lessons that those characters had clearly learned. Yeah. And the reality and like adult perspective that they brought, their human side, really came across here. And that was so much cooler than just them hanging out. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think I, I agree with you. I actually think this may be, I don't know, I... Uh, I have so many opinions and sometimes I contradict myself, but I think this may be the best episode of Cobra Kai so far, mm-hmm. including the episodes that we're yet to review from season two because of that oscillation that you mentioned, because it hits so many themes that make this show so relevant today. Mm-hmm. And it does so in ways that are absolutely true to the world. They preserve the the humor of the original trilogy or bring in a contemporary spin. It's really something. And, and I, I really think that that adult perspective of the Cobra Kai's talking about Kreese and not trusting him and Johnny not getting it is the central message of this series so far, which is everyone loves a redemption story, but does the idea of a redemption story trump actually having a healthy life? Because Johnny's so in love with the idea of redemption, perhaps because he desires to feel redeemed himself, that he's letting Kreese into his life as we see Kreese is very toxic. And the Cobra's know this, and the Cobras care about Johnny. The Cobras perhaps care about Johnny more than Johnny does. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's the strength of this episode. It's not just a, despite what the plot would have us 
believe it's not like a fun one-off episode. This is still drawing in and filling in the themes that we've been building the first five episodes. In fact, it's 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 filling them in right out to the borders. Like we're getting complete eagle eye view of Johnny. An his, iron eagle eye view. An iron eagle eye view. Hat tip of, Rob Garrison uh, yeah, and Billy Zabka. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> we're seeing Johnny's conflict from all sides. You know, this story doesn't stay at home with Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. This story follows Johnny and juxtaposes it with what's going on at Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. Yeah, and it's worth talking here for a minute about what is healthy, right? Because around the same time in the episode that Johnny and the Cobras are connecting around the question of whether Kree should be involved and what it means to call that dojo Cobra Kai, Daniel is confessing that he was a Cobra Kai. There's something there about being emotionally honest, coming clean, and that real connection and progress lies in that direction. That having been said, we're all human beings and all vulnerable. And there's something extremely real about Johnny talking to those Cobras and then us witnessing the death of Tommy at the moment that Kreese says Cobra Kai never dies. On one hand, this means that the stuff that happens to you in Cobra Kai will follow you all your life, whether good or bad. Mm. But it also shows Kreese's weird obsession with beating death itself because Kreese is telling the students that they'll achieve immortality by being Cobra Kai. Johnny is having all the, the... He's having his mortality, you know, waved in his him. face. Yeah, exactly. And the mortality of one of his brothers. So it's it's extremely heavy. And there are many layers to pull out. And all those layers involve different kinds of emotional expression. And they do it so well. Also, shout out to the soundtrack. Not just the tracks that they sampled the, from the original movie or the Queen music, but also... Queen music's a banger, for sure. Well, yeah, and the fact that it's the show must go on is just its heartbreaking. It's inspired. Because at this point, you want the world to sort of stop so that we can take stock of what we've learned. Mm-hmm. But again, the board is set and the pieces are moving. I keep quoting Gandalf because it's the truth. And here we are. Now, I also want to say, though, in addition to the songs on the soundtrack, the original score is fantastic as well. Leo Bierenberg and Zach Robinson just continuing to kick it, to knock it out of the park. When they have that sort of like Mark Knopfler style music that plays whenever Johnny is introspective or mm. being thoughtful, it's just so beautiful. So I just, oh, this, this is perhaps the quintessential Cobra Kai episode, except that we don't get time with Johnny and Daniel together. But we do get to see how they're different but same because they're both having these moments of emotional honesty about what it means to have gone through being in Cobra Kai. Overall, I think it was a great episode. I agree. As emotionally tough as it is, it was great to watch. I Um, expected to be, I mean, I've watched this episode a fair number of times. I expected to have a hard time with it, given the circumstances, given what happened to Rob Garrison as we prepared to go into this. I was really dreading it. I just have to say, what showmanship and what, what acting that he and all of the Elder Cobras took me out of that pain for a moment that I could enjoy seeing them together doing their thing and evolving as people in those characters. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as much as I hate to say it, we should probably wrap this one up because we're going to be back in a couple weeks with the next episode. Indeed. Which will be season two, episode seven, Lull. 
lull. Lull. As in L-U-L-L. As in L-U-L-L. As in a lull. As in a lull. And you'll be thinking not to yourself, a, Not an LOL. No, no, not no, not lots of love, as your mom will incorrectly tell you in a text message. No lolcats. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway. And, but we might hear one or two actual LOLs. One can hope. One can only hope. Until then, follow us on Twitter. Check out our YouTube page. Are You Karate Kidding Me? The podcast on YouTube. I've been Colin Canaday. I remain Jenny Carlson. We'll see you around the Miyagi-verse. See you around the Miyagi-verse. This podcast has been produced and hosted by Colin Kennedy and Jenny Carlson. Our music is by Chepo. You can find us at Karate Kid Pod on Twitter. And wherever you download podcasts. Once again, your 1984 Cobra Kai starting lineup. Johnny Lawrence, played by William Zabka. Bobby Brown, played by Ron Thomas. Jimmy, played by Tony O'Dell. And our star for this episode, Tommy, played by Rob Garrison. <laughs>